You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Hallelujah. Okay, we bless God. The name of Jesus is what heals us. Okay, and um, our faith in Him. Peter said, through faith in the name of Jesus alone, this man whom you see is walking now. So it is through faith. The, one of the reasons um, that what our brother asked about is not permitted in this time is that it divides faith. If someone tells you when you go home, mix coconut, pour water, put two dots of salt, if you go home and forget whether it was two spoons or three, will you still have faith in the name of Jesus? Otito. As I wanted to say, oh, maybe God has, yeah. He has fought. Okay, so that's where the problem comes. You know, you see some people that are ministering to some people that are pointing finger like this. As if, <laughs> you know. So all those things divide faith. It is faith in his name alone. 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 Praise the Lord. And the things that most of these things that are done, the effect like we've learned is what heaven does. It's not necessarily what you do here. Praise the Lord. So it's to get a counterpart in heaven, and that's what matters. So it really don't need any drama to add to it. Praise the Lord. Okay, so for me, quite a lot of things, you know, were learned from Psalm 107. We're told to give thanks to the Lord for he is what? Good and for his mercy endures forever. Okay, so you notice in that place, I, it caught me that we are giving thanks then, not for situations, but for the character of God. And you see, that will help you when you begin to meditate on the scripture that says, in all things, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Not that you are enjoying the situation where you're in. But you're giving him thanks because he's what? Good. And that's why we're dancing. That's why we're rejoicing. That's why we're celebrating. Because our God is what? Is good. My circumstance or situation may not be good. My bank balance may not be good. My uh, financial status may not be good. My physical body may not be feeling. But the Lord is good. And the Bible says, sanctify now the Lord God in your hearts. It means set him apart. Because we have to be careful, if you begin to comprehend the greatness, the almightiness of the God will deal with, it will begin to help you to appreciate some of these things we are learning. You see, take a country now, we are a country in Nigeria, okay? Praise the Lord. I think this might help us. And, um, okay, let's not even deal with Nigeria. I think it's um, Gambia. So many years ago, we, we had the privilege of being close to some Gambians and their embassy. It was a very poor country. You know, Gambia is a very poor country. But you see, when you go to their embassy, you see, because that embassy is showcasing and representing the presidency of the country, it's not a poor embassy. They still have and operate, you know, in some level of affluence. The embassy was not in a Karim. It was still either Wusi to or Maitama, any of those places. You understand? Now, the citizens may be suffering. Now, bringing it to Nigeria now, no matter what is happening in Zamfara, in Benoine, in Rivers, in um, Plateau State and all of that, you see, those who are in power, 
Those who should take decision. It doesn't touch them. That's why we have to pray. That some of these things will touch them. You know what? They are set apart. Praise the Lord. Now, the problem is because they are unjust, because they are men, because they are evil, because they are wicked. Because the reason why they should be set apart is if they are in the same problem with you, it will be difficult for them to articulate the mind to solve it. Are you with me? So it says, sanctify now the Lord God. It means no matter where you are, know that God is not there with you. He's high and lifted up. He's God all by himself. So you are caught in a trap. God is not caught in a trap. Are you with me? You see, what that does is that it frees you to receive his deliverance. Because there's a way you can see God trapped where you are. You think that, you know, nothing can be done again. But when you know that God is lifted above your circumstance, and he is good. So, he says, our Lord Jesus teaching us to pray. Say, pray in this man. Our Father which art in heaven, what? He say, hallowed. That's where we're beginning. You're not our mate. Praise the Lord. You're not our mate. So the Bible makes us understand. I think it's Nahum. Uh, it's in Nahum 3. I can't remember. It says the Lord who has his way in the whirlwind. So there's a whirlwind and there's confusion and there's all of that. God is not there panicking. God is not there shaking. He's not, he doesn't touch him. So when this command comes to us in Psalm 107, it says give thanks to the Lord for his word good and for his mercy endures forever now what that immediately does is this if you are able to do that rightly you know what it does it positions you to a place of expectation because if your god is good and your situation is bad what do you think will happen good will overturn the bad and that's what that passage began to tell us with john chapter 9 when they asked the question what is the problem John chapter 9, verse 3, message. Okay, let's read from 1, so we, or 2. Let's read from 1, so we'll get the gist for someone that might be watching. 1. His disciples walking down the street, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind? 3. Now, let's read 3 together, everybody. Jesus said, you are asking the wrong question. You are looking for someone to blame. There is no such cause effect here. Look instead for what God can do. This is our lesson. For every situation, you and I as believers, and even in the whole world, you can have a mind of looking back, which is okay for a season. Like we learned on Sunday, when she reminded us that there were people Jesus said, go and sin no more. Okay, there are people who said, go sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. All of that were there, but they were not dealt, they were not brought on the front burner. Why? Because whatever situation they were, had encountered the one who was superior to the situation. So it was when he was sending them away, he was saying, now you're going from me. Make sure you don't make yourself subservient to that situation again. But before God, everything has a solution. Everything. And that's what Jesus... Jesus was not excusing this man. He was saying it's not the cause and effect. That's not what we are dealing with here. What we are dealing with here is that it's an occasion for the display of God's glory. And that occasion for display of God's glory is available in every situation. Every situation. It doesn't matter the background. It doesn't matter. And that's something you and I must come to lay hold. 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and what? His mercy endures forever. Now, if somebody really actually caused his situation and found himself in that situation, because his mercy has not expired, you know what will happen? The Bible says day by day, what? New mercies we receive. Because his mercy doesn't expire, in that situation he caused for himself. When he meets with God, what happens? New mercy that overtakes his fault comes in. His mercy doesn't run out. So really, at no point can we make progress trying to analyze who sinned. Progress is always made when we open our eyes to see the greatness of the God, the one with whom we have to deal with. And that's why I keep going back. Our Father which art in heaven, what? Hallowed be thy name. Our Lord Jesus teaching us, say, this is eternal life, that you may know him, the only true God. The life of the believer will be transformed when he begins to comprehend the greatness and the awesomeness of the God we serve. His greatness, his awesomeness, his goodness, his kindness, his compassion, it will change everything. And that's one of the things that our brother David found out. And that's why his life was so different. He was a man, he just didn't know that God was powerful. He knew the temperament of God. He knew the message. The Bible calls it the sure message of the... He knew how merciful God was. And that's why when he had the um, child of adultery with Bathsheba, he went fasting. He, was adult, he went fasting. And when he had the child that died, he said, okay, this one is over. Let's move on. Okay? He knew the goodness of God. And my prayer tonight is that you and I will come to know the goodness of God. You know how one of the ways we can do it? Give thanks. He said, for this is what? The will of God. How many times have the thought come into our mind in a situation? The enemy just suggests to you, maybe God has abandoned you. Maybe, you know, what is the problem? But tonight we're saying, let us learn. No matter the situation, the Lord is good. You know, some people have appropriated it to, a, to an answer to a greeting. But let's make it a revelation. Brother, how are you? The Lord is good. It means it doesn't matter how I am. The goodness of the Lord is still there. Praise the Lord. It will help because it's a weapon. What did Satan say to Job? Cause God and die. What is the implication of that? God is mean. What did Satan say to Adam and Eve? God knows that the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. What is it? God is denying you something. If you have a, an understanding and embrace the goodness of there is no temptation you won't go through. You triumph over them. Oh, this I said, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Ah, this and this, ah, therefore say, he said, the Lord is good. So he says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is what? Good. And his mercy does what? Endures. Let's replace that word with his mercy outlasts every experience. His mercy is always the last man standing. Hallelujah. His mercy stands last. And someone has said that what stands last stands forever because there is nothing to come after it. When his mercy comes, nothing is. After the worst is over, his mercy is still there. Praise the Lord. So it caught me that it was such an interesting you know, uh, thing that the Lord revealed. And then the next line says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, which is what we are looking at, declare his works. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You have to say what the Lord has done. And you don't have to hold the mic to say it. We had someone who was supposed to share a testimony here. 
on Sunday, but we said no, share it anywhere you are. He told us, he got in touch with us, and um, even though we tried to investigate and they say it's true, I don't know, uh, he was uh, convicted of what was, the, what was that um, robbery, armed robbery, and was those that um, they caught him with, they've sentenced them to death, all of that, but miraculously after the prison outreach, he was um, let go and all of that. But we, we just felt, we didn't feel very comfortable with him, you know, with the way he was um, pressurizing us and all of that. So we said, you can share your testimony and you don't have to hold a mic. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. It doesn't have to be here. You can say it anywhere you are. You meet people. People ask you. I read somewhere um, about a Jewish man. Who, what, what, what does it, what, what is it they said he sells? Either he sells um, ice cream or something, you know, but he said when people see him, he's an elderly man, and greet him and they want to buy ice cream. You know, immediately the man goes into the story and tells them one story. And what was the man's story? The man said he was amongst the, he was a young child in the days of the um, Nazi Germany when uh, Jews were being uh, persecuted and killed. So he said one of those winter nights, they bound, you know, they took all of them and put in a train and were transporting them to somewhere, either Auschwitz or one of those places. And then he noted that there was an elderly man by his side who was shivering, you know, almost going to die. And they didn't provide blankets or anything for them or anything like that. So he said, this old man is going to die. Let me try and help him keep warm. Even though he was cold, everybody was clinging to themselves like this. So, but even though he was cold, he went to this old man and started rubbing his body. And started rubbing his body. He said he got tired, but he continued. Because anytime he left, the man would almost die of, of cold. So, he kept rubbing this man's body. kept rubbing. He said by the time the sun came out in the morning, he now turned and realized that everybody in the cabin was dead. There were only two people alive. Himself and the man he was rubbing his body. And he said the way, he said, do you know why I'm still alive? That's how he tells the story. So you don't need to hold a mic. He said, this is a lesson. Your life is preserved as you try to preserve another life. So he kept sharing that testimony. You come to buy ice cream, he said, oh, the elderly man, very old man. He said, do you know why I'm still alive? And that's his testimony. And I'm sure he has blessed you already. Praise God. He may not have had a church to share, but he kept sharing. In your place of work, share your testimony. On the road, share your testimony. When you enter the taxi fire, share the testimony. Everywhere you are, share. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know one of the challenges people have with sharing this testimony, especially when you have to hold the mic. Because some people's testimonies are very dramatic. The temptation for some people is that when they come, they'll add salt. Add the Maggie. Add Royco so that their own can make people shout. But they say, let the redeemed of the Lord say what? So, so I say how it happened. Don't say another person's own. Praise God. You know, we churches don't help the matter. Because everybody has come and said, you know, I was going to die and I called the man of God and the man of God spoke and then I jumped up. Maybe you're you are going to die and the mosquito beat you and you woke up. Now, if everybody is sharing and glorifying the man of God, if you now come and share that type, people will be looking at you, I, you're not helping this ministry at all. You understand? So all those things put all kinds of pressure. So you really don't have to come here to share, but you have a responsibility. If the Lord has done something, say so. Like our sister reminded us, you don't know whose deliverance you'll be causing. Praise the Lord. You don't know who you'll encourage. 
You don't know who will war with your testimony. So it's very important as we have opportunities there, we'll come and share. But we'll beg the people when you come and to share here, just say so. Don't add what, um, you know, or even some people don't even glorify any man of God. They say, you know, they've been having this problem, having this problem. Then all of a sudden, they decided to fast and be breathing only half oxygen. And when they had done this fast on the 17th day by 7 p.m. in the 8th night, they are giving themselves glory. And when you finish, you see, how you know a good testimony is that as you shared, eyes are turned to God. A lot of places, that's why, that, I mean, might, I might be wrong, but that's why I'm not keen on asking people to share testimony. Because people try to point to a man. And you see, faith in man cannot help you. What he can only do is that he will create an opening for familiar spirits to come in. In fact, faith in particular steps, you know, and I did this and I did this, can also be confusing. You know, someone is trusting the Lord for the fruit of them. And he said, one night, my husband came, he was tired and wanted to sleep. And the Lord said, this is the time. And the man said, no, I beat him. And you, you'll be waiting. When your husband is strong, nothing. It's when he's tired and about to sleep that he said, this is the hour of miracles. Something must. <laughs> you know. So you know the thing about this. Someone, you know, was sharing with us again, you know, everybody. The devil is older than us. And he will, he will try to get into everything. Praise God. Some people, when they finish their testimony, all you see, you, they've just gloated. They've just become large. Everybody looking at them, afraid of them. But you see, they said to the man, give glory to God. Every good testimony does what? Gives glory to God and encourages men. Praise the Lord. May you share such testimonies in Jesus' name. So we are enjoined and encouraged. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And, and really as a pastor and as leaders in the church, the leaders we have here, these people are praying for you. I had one experience. I mean, the person we, we've uh, reconciled is one of my uh, special people in the church. Told me something bad that happened. And I was praying. Praying, you know, praying, disturbing God, disturbing God. The deliverance happened. They didn't tell me for about four days. I was still praying. Can you imagine how heaven would have been feeling? Oh Lord, do so. Oh Lord, do so. And the Lord is saying, I've done it. Hasn't, didn't they tell you? So for some of us, God blesses us. Okay? Please come and tell me so. I will change the prayer. There are so many things to pray for you. Some people you're praying for financial prosperity. So maybe you need to be praying for wisdom for them. Or for contentment. I was telling Momichi the other day, when I was a young Christian, if I buy car, my pastor will know. If I buy land, my pastor will know. Here, you only know after maybe the person has sold the house. That's bought the land, built the house and sold it. And then trouble comes out from it. Then that's when you know. Meanwhile, you're praying for this brother. Lord, let him, please, Lord, Lord, bless your people. And the Lord is saying, I've blessed them. But if you don't share, how will we know? Praise God. Thank God I don't ask you for money, so you won't be afraid that if you come to tell me, I say, give me prophet's offering. But you have to say so. Praise God. Say so. Share with the leaders. Share with your friends. Encourage them. The brother, you see, people are so easy. You know, we are here. First scarcity will come. Everybody will see. Say, now why for this first scarcity? We, we took note of it one Sunday here. When fuel became available, how many people met you and say, oh boy, thank God there is fuel. Nobody shares good things. Nobody. But he said, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. Let's say so. It lightens the atmosphere. And whether you like it or not, 
prayer is easier in an atmosphere of thanksgiving. You know, some people think that when they come to ask you for help, they must tell you 70 words, and then the last one is the one they want you to intervene in. It's easier for someone to help you when you should give him 70 praise reports and say, please, the next one will come by you. It's easier. Some people think that after they've told you, you know, I woke up, the sun didn't shine on my part of the house. I came out, it was only my clothes, where I hung my clothes, that the rain beat. And you know, my lane was the only one that there was traffic. You know, they tell you all the words so that your pity for them will graduate. <laughs> they don't know that why they're telling that thing. Some people say, let me run from this man. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I have a financial need, I might have a spiritual testimony. The fact that I have weakness in the body, I might have a financial testimony. Let's magnify the Lord, for the Lord is able. He's a good God. Let's declare his works. When we gather, let it not just be the problems and the problems. No, God is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let us, he said, let the redeemed of the Lord do it. Say so, say so. Say so. Let's keep saying it. He didn't say say more, say so. Hallelujah. Say so. To say means to utter something, to express it. You know, to state something. So the Lord has been good to you. Now there are some testimonies that are a bit tricky. You can code it by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. But let the people know. You know, some time ago, it was a mom that said, the way it is in this church, we're always seeing those who are suffering, suffering. People are buying houses. People are buying, not cars now, people are buying houses. But the way everybody is just going, you know, is as though we are doing competition, Olympics of who is suffering more. Gold medal. <laughs> So it says, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. Say so. Open your mouth. Let's say <laughs> Let's learn from the river. Say, ah, the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Okay, so we find that there and it's, please, I encourage you. It will help everybody. Call if your parents are still alive. Call them that are worried about Nigeria. Call them. Tell them the Lord is good. Okay, your children, tell them the Lord is good. His mercies, see what he's done for me. It, it helps. The Bible enjoins that. He said, this is the will of God for you, for me, for every one of us. Praise the Lord. So we come from there and we come to the place in John 9 where we began to look at. And it says, who sinned? He said, not, that's not the issue here. Let's still have a 9-3 message, please. He said, we don't look for cause and effect here. Yeah. Instead, we look for what God can do. The lesson in this account, brothers and sisters, is one. And that lesson is this. You and I now, with the knowledge of God we have, in every situation, the Bible says the light shines and darkness cannot arrest it. No matter how dark a situation is, the solution is what? Light. And you have light. And light has come into the world. So for whatever the situation is, the solution has been given. So the question or our discussion and contemplation shouldn't be how dark the darkness is. It should be how do we bring light here. That's what our Lord Jesus was painting here. He said that's not the issue. The issue is this, God is God and he's mightier than any circumstance. And for someone seated here, I don't know what you have been going through and I don't know whether it's sin or so whatever. The truth is that every problem in the world, you know, is sin. But it may not be Jesus said, neither this man nor his father. Romans 5, please, verse 12. 
Let's look at it quickly. We'll come back to where we are. Romans 5.12, I'll, I'll try and read and jump so we get some things. It says, therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. You see, Jesus said here, neither this man nor his parents, but blindness, sickness, poverty, lack, death, all of them that are in the world is still what? As a result of sin. Okay? But it may not be a particular direct sin, but it's as a result of sin. And the good news about that is that as you read down now, verse 18 will say, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting to condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free word, gift, came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So on one side there is unfortunate news, but on the other side there is a better news. That's the good news of the gospel. Praise the Lord. And everybody who must be, who will be genuinely saved and will value salvation must understand the problem of sin. And that's where a lot of us miss, you know, and the Christianity of our time is missing. We try to avoid sin. Sin is the problem. But the good news is that there is a solution. Jesus Christ is the solution. And you cannot preach Jesus without preaching sin. Because Jesus came to solve the problem of sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sin remains our problem. And if man does not understand it, it becomes so easy. Our Lord Jesus said, do not cast your pearls before swine. You understand? Why is that so? If a man does not understand that his problem was originally caused by sin and salvation came to save from sin, he will not value the salvation. So when they say neither this man nor his father, it doesn't mean that sin isn't a problem. He was saying that that's not what we are dealing with. But more importantly, it says the gift has come through Jesus Christ. And he said that's our emphasis. I read 19 down so we'll just get the full gist. He said for us by one man's disobedience many were made sinners so also by one man's what obedience many will be made righteous thank you jesus that's where we belong amen it says moreover the lord entered that the offense might abound but where what sin abounded this is the beautiful news where sin abounded what happened grace what abounded much more so we're not afraid of dealing with sin and mentioning sin because we know that anywhere there is sin what happened there is more grace there is more grace if we deny giving attention to sin then we lose the privilege of drawing on the grace okay so our lord jesus was establishing here 21 let me read 21 so that as sin reigned in death even so grace might reign through the righteousness through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ alone. Jesus was establishing in this account here that whatever the problem is, grace has come. And that's the message of grace. Grace is bigger. Grace is stronger. Grace is richer. Grace is smarter. Praise God. It doesn't matter what sin is doing in a life. Whether it's something that is addictive, habitual, um, hereditary or whatever, grace is what? Bigger than it. That's the good news. That's the good news. Okay? We, we don't avoid it. We confront it with grace. We confront it with grace. So Jesus says, yeah, none of these people sin. Is, that's not the problem. However, this is an occasion for the works of God to be revealed. And we are learning tonight that every circumstance existing in our world today is an occasion 
is an opportunity for the work of God to be revealed. Who is it dependent on? It depends on you. Praise God. Jesus Christ has come into the world. And since he came into the world, he says the kingdom of heaven has what? Been preached. His kingdom is being declared all over. Everywhere that men put their trust in him. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon Acts 2.21, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, what will happen? Shall be saved. Whoever. It doesn't matter. And the same Acts gave us a beautiful illustration in Saul of Tarsus. If there is a whoever that can represent whoever, I think it's Saul of Tarsus. In fact, he helped us by calling himself our chief. You know, he said he's our chief. The chief okay, some people here were not sinners. But you see, he said he being a chief of sinners. So if our chief can be saved, we that are Aaron boys. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Every situation you and I are facing, and nation, Nigeria, peoples, whether they have occultic background, anywhere people are coming from, anywhere they call on the name of the Lord, the promise and the assurance is that what will happen? They shall be saved. Why? Because grace has come through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the confidence we have. So we're not afraid. You know, fortunately and unfortunately, we are Christians in a civilized world, in a normal world. Imagine when people were Christians or when Christians were doing missions work. This one we are talking about here. If we come here now, the problems we'll be dealing with is um, maybe someone is, um, um, you didn't forgive someone that offended you. Another person we might be dealing with um, pornography somewhere and there. The, the missionaries that went, they dealt with problems of people gathering and say, we'll eat this person today. Do you understand? Cannibal. I mean, they, they dealt with real issues. You know, no, I mean, not as if this one is not real. But imagine the type of faith it would take. And they didn't speak the same language. Imagine preaching the gospel to someone who is a cannibal who doesn't understand your language. Mm, mm, mm. I, I want you to see how you have to expand your faith. That what you're facing is nothing. He said, it's not that, it's that the works of God might be revealed. So a white man comes speaking English, Queen's English, and comes into a real deep village somewhere. How does he, how is he able to do it? Simple, light shines and darkness cannot comprehend it. And if that could happen then, child of God, whatever it is that you're facing today, the same light can dispel darkness. The same light can dispel darkness. Praise the Lord. The same light can dispel darkness. So Jesus established for us here. This man was born blind, yes. But light has come. And because light has come, he's going to see. So the process began. What happened? Like our, our Pastor Chris reminded us, he said Jesus, you know, took clay, spat on the ground, mixed clay and put in his eyes. How does, the word, how does God say the same 107 we read, verse 20, you can put it on the screen for us. He said he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from their... Psalm 107, 20, please. He said he sent his word. Everywhere, God still uses his word. So I think that helps the question we tried to deal with initially. The word of God is still what he uses. You know why? He's, the word of God is what created the world. 
The word of God is still what he uses to redeem the world. The Bible says in the beginning was what? The word, the word was with God and the word was God. He uses the word. Hebrews tells us he upholds all things by what? The word of his power. He sent his word. He sent his word. So as you are sitting here now, you may have come in with a stronghold. Somebody came in here and truly and, you know, on, on the, uh, without faith and without the spirit of God, analyzing the problem you have and the problem you've had and the problem you came with, there is no solution. But the word has come to you today to say where sin abounds, where problem abounds, grace abounds much more. It's a problem of greater than. You know the mistake we make with faith is that we think that problems have to be small for God to solve it. Now, big is relative. Am I right? Big is relative. So you must learn to see problems like that. No matter the problem, is who you're comparing it with. And that's the lesson tonight. This man was born blind. It was a major issue. And that's why the man could say, it has never been seen. It has never been seen, but you also haven't seen the Son of God before. When he came, he changed it. How did he change it? Simple. He gave instruction. And we tried to close from there. That was what really caught me. Praise the Lord. The Bible said, um, verse 4, I read from verse 4, I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can walk. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he has said these things, he spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back sin. Remember Psalm 107.20 said he sent his word. Every time you and I go in the sent direction, we come back with testimonies. That's the way it works. Anytime, it doesn't matter what is happening there. Anytime we go in the sent direction. In fact, I, I was reminded you know, of a very particular uh, passage in the Bible we can refer to it. In John chapter 2. John chapter 2, very interesting passage, very particular passage that will help us. John chapter 2 verse 1, I believe, to 11. We don't have to read all of it because of time. It's the miracle of turning water into wine. Praise God. And why I like that passage is that verse 11 said something there. You can put verse 11 on the screen. Read it for me. It says what? This beginning of signs. That's just it. This beginning of signs Jesus did. It means that this is how he does his signs. This is the, um, the alpha. This is the pattern of signs. This beginning of signs. And what did he do? Okay, we analyze the story now. The Bible says he was invited, you know, to a wedding. And then the wine ran out. In this case now, who sinned? Is it that the, the drunkards were more? There were more people from. Which part of Nigeria drinks more? Is it Benue or, or Wari? Eh? Plato, Plato, they, the, they are the winners. Uh, maybe they had a larger proportion of Plato guests. <laughs> okay. Danny, I'm not the one who mentioned Plato. Eh? Okay. Anyway, so, so they had more Plato people in the wedding. So they estimated that maybe it would be a lot of um, Lagos people and all, the, all of that there. So the wine finished. So who sinned? That's why Jesus first said, your, your concern, what is your concern with me? But Jesus' mother taught us a lesson. 
she also bringing this principle to be said no matter the situation you find yourself in if you do whatever he tells you to do there'll be a solution no matter they could have started analyzing they didn't plan well who is the event planner you know what happened to the wine and all of that the mother just said to the servants whatever he says remember she didn't even have a promise that something will be done so those people were just hanging around jesus personal please come it's just that jesus had hair but you can be, just be moving just be doing whatever you want anywhere he goes they say yes sir he goes they say yes sir he wants to crack jokes they say yes sir after some time I believe. Jesus, you know, just say, okay, go and fill those water pots with water. Do you know, thank you, sir. Do you know the faith it took for them to do that? They must have seen him as Messiah. They must have seen him as the son of God. They were waiting for water. Probably for him to bring out money to give them to buy wine. Praise God. But he sent them. He could have been been saying that so that they get off his back praise god so when he said to them go and fetch water and point to those it didn't sound like wine that's what pastor chris was saying that was not their problem their problem was wine it wasn't fetching water praise the lord but whatever your problem is man whatever your problem is sir if you do what the word says you'll get a solution whatever it is you will get a solution Whatever it is, it most likely doesn't look coordinated. Someone shared a testimony with us here many years ago. I think I remember bits of the testimony. He, he had a very wayward sister or in-law or cousin or something like that in the UK who was very, very, very uh, bad. And she got born again. And weeks into her being born again, she became a crazy soul winner. In a few weeks, she won her husband or she won somebody to christ who said i must marry you they were telling the person do you know this lady's background the man said do you know her future now for someone who comes from that background that burning must be very serious but she now burned for evangelism and in the process evangelize the one who will marry her now how does that connect it doesn't connect Praise the Lord. So, so you and I, we must come to the word of God and say to him, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Okay? So that was the problem. No wine. Jesus said, go and fetch water, pour the water, and the wine problem was solved. What caused the problem up to today, we don't know. Does anybody know? But what brought the solution? Whatever he says, do it. It will still work today. The lady sang just as he did in those days. He's doing the same today. He will do one for you in Jesus' name. One more and we begin to pray. Just to deal with the issue of cause and effect. In Jonah 2, we all, we all know Jonah. Jonah was a man who knew the voice of God. We've learned here. He knew the character of God. He knew God was merciful. God says, go, okay, those of us that are here now, um, Suleja is to my right. God calls him and says, go to Suleja. You get out of there, enter bus that is going to Nyanya, thank you. And fast, you chatter the boy, say, please, no more passenger, let's go. 
along the road, God forbid. Oh, 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 oh. They say I'm robbers, kidnappers. What mouth will you have to call God? Many people in that situation say they are finished. That's the old barina. Uh-huh. But you see, Jonah, in the belly of the fish, said, Jehovah, save me. And God didn't say, stupid boy, who sent you there? His grace still abounded. His mercy outlasted Jonah's disobedience. And the Bible said, God spoke to the fish. He didn't speak to Jonah. He first delivered him. Let's rise on our feet. Because the Lord will hear somebody today. I say the Lord will hear you today. It doesn't matter where it is. Peter gave us also, walking on water, coming to Jesus. He saw Jesus said, Master, if it be you, bid me come. And Jesus said, it's me, come. He started coming and decided to now analyze the waves. When he began to analyze the waves, the Bible says he began to sink. But when he began to sink, he said, Lord, save me. And the Bible said, if you read that passage, the Bible said, immediately, I've come to tell you tonight that our God is a marvelous Savior. He will save you. He will deliver you. He will turn things around. He will heal you. He will bring you out. He will give you a song. All you need is faith in him. Let us go to him again tonight. Magnifying him above every situation. Exalting him above every circumstance. Seeing, seeing his goodness greater than every limitation. Every experience that I've had negatively cannot negate the goodness of God. I serve a good God. I serve a mighty God. I serve a dependable God. I serve a faithful God. I want you to go to God tonight. Knowing that he's a God who outlasts. He outlasts every situation. The Bible says you have seen the perseverance of Job. And the end intended of the Lord. That the Lord is merciful and gracious. Tonight I want you to know the goodness of the Lord. Call upon him one more time. For the Lord is good. Yes, I have sinned. Ask the Lord for forgiveness. Yes, I've made mistakes. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Oh yes, I've been foolish. Ask the Lord for direction this time around. But all we're saying tonight is that we have a Savior. We have a Savior. We have a Savior. We have a Savior. Who is able to save to the uttermost. Those who come to God through Him. He's here to save. He's a healer. Oh, you brought upon yourself this sickness, but he still heals. You brought upon yourself the circumstance, but his mercy still abounds. He's a marvelous God. He is a wonderful God. I want you to call upon him. The God that had Peter. The God that had Jonah. The God that provided wine for them. That same God is God. That same God is your God. He is still on the throne. And even as a nation, that God will hear us. Begin to let the Lord know that his grace is greater. The devil is a liar. Your problems are big. From where will God begin to answer? Tell him that God is bigger. God circumscribes your circumstances. What I mean is a circumstance. But God circumscribes it. For in him I live and move and have my being. My God is greater. God predates my problem. Before I had a problem, God is. In the middle of my problem, God is. When all is over, God will remain. Let your name be glorified. Let your name. Ask the Lord, be glorified in my life. I exalt you. 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 I magnify you. You are my God. 
be exalted in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus I, I, as I was coming down here I don't know who I believe that word is for every one of us really the, the Lord dropped something in my heart and said the, the sum of what we're saying is we have a few artists there in the house and I believe most of us want it. he said whatever problem my people are in is a canvas for the painting of my glory he says a canvas give it to me I will paint my glory on it that's what he said he said don't worry about who's sin it's an occasion I want you to ask the Lord let my life glorify your name let my life let my life let my second let my story let my testimony bring glory to your name let my testimony bring glory every day I live every day every breath every song I sing let my story glorify your name how else would we have known that someone who was born blind God had the power to open unless that man's life was put on display tonight ask the Lord let my life be indeed the canvas for the display of your glory the Bible says you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand Lord I thank you I thank you a testimony of financial liberation shall be heard out of my life a testimony of healing shall be heard out of my is it reconciliation whatever it is Lord see my life let my life let my life I surrender my life I call upon you I call upon you let this life let my marriage let my experience let my sufferings let my trials let my tribulations let it be an occasion for the display of your glory lord i'm thanking you for i see my purpose now i see my use now i see my story now i see me being a point of contact being a point of contact lord i thank you I thank you. Begin to thank the Lord as we take the sun. As we take the sun. Let's take the sun. Every day. Every circumstance. Every situation. of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 0703-158404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.